0: I'm here talking to the creative team for this Terms Opera at the Guildhall School. It's an unusual piece, Almeida's Spinalba, written in 1739, Spinalba meaning white thorn. I'm with Clive Timms, who is the head of opera, Stephen Medcalf, the director, and Robert Howarth, the conductor. If I could start with you, Robert, can you tell us a little bit about the piece and its context?
1: Certainly. Um, well, Frances- Francisco Antonio de Almeida, uh, we know, lived from uh, roughly 1702 to 1755, a Portuguese composer. And um, at that particular time, King John V, I think it was King John V, uh, funded him and other musicians to go and study in Rome. And Of course, Rome was a big uh, cultural centre for... Uh, studying Italian music, Uh, Handel himself had been there uh, in the earlier 1700s and of course what's really interesting is to look at this piece alongside the great masterworks of Handel Uh, because as you said it's 1739 and uh, this is at the time in London when Handel is taking Italian opera seria to its highest art form Uh, and interestingly enough what uh, Almeida has done in Spinalba is take the art of the opera comique a lot further forward than um, the many other composers of that time. He's a a master of using um, comic timing and particularly in the arias, using the orchestral texture and uh, his use of um, of harmonic rhetoric, if you like, to uh, really underline the characteristics of of the people in in, in the um, performance. Uh, It's also interesting to note that actually at that time in Portugal, when it was staged, uh, there was a mixture of male and female singers, so it was against the sort of the use of castrati. Uh, he actually used women playing the women 's roles and men playing the, the men 's roles
0: Clyde, why this piece this term then
2: Well, the reason for doing this piece this term is the same as for doing any piece in any term, and that is that it provides suitable roles for all of the students in the second year of the opera course also. Um, About this time last year, one of the new first year students, who happens to be Portuguese, came into my office with um, a score in three volumes and said, would you take a look at this? I think it might suit our year group. So I saw the title and I said, ah, well, I'm one step ahead of you there because I've got a copy of that on my shelf. I've had it for over 20 years. So he was a bit taken aback at this point. But I said, well, I will get it down and have another look at it. I had looked at it between acquiring it those twenty years ago and the present but never thought that we had the right lineup Um, so i looked at it and realized that what he said was right it does actually fit this group of students rather well so um, i then asked our resident producer to take a look at it and sum it up from the dramatic point of view and he um, gave it the thumbs up and so at that point we decided yes we'll do this piece and everything has followed uh, from there
0: It is an unusual piece. How did you first come across it?
2: Um, I think the score that I have was given to me by um, a former head of Vocal Studies who happened to take part in the only other British production that there has been of this piece in 1979 at the Camden Festival. Um, I suppose we must have been talking about possible repertoire at one point and, um, and she gave me this score because she had no further use for it. And so it's just all fallen off from there, really.
0: So you've been waiting for a moment where you've got the I've right... Got,
2: I've got a room full of scores waiting <laughs> for the right moment and the right cast to turn up, yes.
0: <laughs> You're going to be singing it in English. What's the reason behind that?
2: Well, it's a rarity for a start. There is quite a lot of um, secco recitative, which carries the plot along. Um, and ra- And it's also a comedy. And rather than having the audience... Sitting there reading the surtitles and laughing when the funny surtitle came up uh, rather than when the action or the correct line was delivered. Um, we thought it would be more appropriate to, to do it in English uh, and have the audience fully engaged with what was going on. Furthermore, um, when it was done uh, in 1979, it was done in English in a very good translation by Rodney Bloomer, and when we approached uh, Rodney to update the odd corner and to uh, fill in some of the gaps which we wanted to, uh, uh, cuts we wanted to open. He was more than willing and, um, and has actually been very much on board with the whole process.
0: Wonderful. Stephen, in a nutshell,
3: what's the plot? Oh my goodness. Uh, complicated. Um, young lady called Spinalba and as the name suggests, White Thorn, she is, has a sort of innocence but also a kind of determination and some some barbed edges to her character, Um, falls in love with a man called Ippolito and becomes rather obsessed with him. Well, after a few weeks, he abandons her, but she can't let him go. So in a very Shakespearean way, she disguises herself as a young man and goes to and lands a job in his employ in order to become his confidant and to sort of Uh, insinuate herself into his favours and try and find out why he left her, perhaps encourage him to have her back, etc. That's the kind of essence of the plot. Now, the subtitle of this piece is actually The Mad Old Man or The Old Madman and he is a chap called Arsenio who's actually uh, Spinalba's father. Now, when she disguises of a man and clears off from the house he gets very upset and anxious as to her whereabouts and starts to feel very abandoned. And a volatile character already, and rather unstable mentally, he rather rapidly goes mad um, out of grief for the loss of his daughter and concern for her welfare. Um, This is the kind of major subplot, and actually the part of the opera that I find most touching. Now, the final kind of aspect of the piece is that Ippolito, having abandoned Spinalba, has now moved on to her cousin Elisa. And Elisa has been recently, she's a terrible flirt, very fickle lady, has recently been in love both with Ippolito and a chap called Leandro. But her, her head has been turned by a young man called Florindo in recent weeks. Now, Florindo is the assumed name of, of course, Spinalba. This is a classic Shakespearean idea. Uh, And so Elisa has fallen in love with a young man who's actually a girl. And so we're left with the complicated situation of Ippolito and Leandro, both in love with Elisa, who is in turn in love with Spinalba, who is in disguise as a man trying to get back into the affections of Ippolito. So I hope that makes some kind of sense. (laughs) (laughs) From that confusion, a great deal, I must say, a great deal of uh, excellent comedy I think a really very sharp and very satirical comedy arises Mm. but also quite a lot of tragedy the the whole sense of the father's abandonment and the fact that this Spinalba is rather to say the least misguided in her obsession with Hippolyto who frankly is a bit of an arrogant what's the best word for it so and so so and so (laughs) Um, uh, Who's terribly smug and self satisfied mm. and convinced that everybody should love him and can't understand why Elisa doesn't love him, mm. and who's dumped Ben Albert, it seems, without, you know, as so much as by your leave. Mm. Uh, so it's clearly her obsession with him mm. is completely uh, misguided in, in the sense that she really neglects all her other responsibilities. Mm. Mm. And consequently, her father suffers terribly.
0: Mm. And how's this going to spin out?
3: In the production. Oh, <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> we <like> groan. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I suppose the thing about all the love element to the piece mm. is that it, it really is mostly used as a vehicle for comedy because you don't ever see Spinalba's relationship with Hippolyto, mm. which is, happens and is, is long gone by the time the opera begins. So you never see their what the nature of their relationship was, so you don't honestly care about that. You only see Elisa rejecting the other two men. Mm. And you see them squabbling over her, but you never see a love scene between them. Mm. So there really is no opportunity to get emotionally, or, or you know, f- involved with the, the love stories. The only story that the audience would are likely to get involved with emotion, on an emotional level uh, is is the one the relationship between Spinalba and her father, and that whole story. That's the yes. one that kind of gets plucks the heartstrings. Mm. So therefore, I've put a lot of the emphasis on this issue, the theme, which to me is the main theme of the opera, of uh, the sadness of old age, of parents feeling abandoned by their children, of the sense of waiting to die, which is a strong theme that Dionora keeps expressing, and the sort of loneliness and isolation that occurs at this mm. stage of everybody's lives. And the production is rather geared towards that aspect of the piece.
0: Mm. Interesting. Rather less of a comedy than I was perhaps expecting. Well,
3: except by... by Putting the emphasis on this, I do believe that we give, gives rise to a lot of f- possibilities for farce. I don't want to give too much away, okay. but suffice mm-hmm. to say that uh, old people and their strange eccentric behaviour features quite strongly. Okay. And old people trying to rediscover their lost youth, which is a very topical subject. A lot of people may have seen the programme The Young Ones on recently, where a series of uh, old celebrities were kind of challenged to rediscover their youth. And they all—it was amazing how much they discovered of their, that they could recapture. Mm. And they all lost about 20 years during the course of the program, which is I thought, fascinating and mm. great fun, great entertainment, mm. and actually very touching. Mm. So it's quite current, and also the the whole world of because we're an aging population, mm. it's a very popular topic. And you don't get a day doesn't go by without reports about Alzheimer's, vitamin B12 preventing brain shrinkage, so it's a, endlessly, it's constantly in everybody's minds at the moment. And of
0: course we also know that engaging with music is a hugely beneficial part of healthy ageing. A lot of research about that. Um, Robert, just last question. Uh, challenges of dealing with this piece?
1: Uh, manifold? Um, no, I mean, the, 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 the problem approaching a work like this which is unknown means that uh, it's a larger learning scale for everyone if, yes. if we say we were doing a Figaro or a, or a, i don't know a cozy or something then that's sort of core repertoire for students mm-hmm. so um as clive pointed out earlier there is an awful lot of um, what we call seco recitative which is just with the simple harps called accompaniment where all the story gets across so the, the challenge is for everyone to have that learnt so thoroughly that it sounds like they're mm-hmm thinking it as they say it, mm. as they sing it. And it's a very challenging thing to do. Um, I suppose the other the other challenges that before me are, in a very short period of time, getting a hold of a, a, an orchestra and training them to be able to come up with the right colours mm. immediately. Because there's one thing um, for an orchestral player to be a part of a symphonic orchestra and there's a second level with... A, that people don't often think about, that opera orchestras themselves spend years in an an orchestral pit listening to singers and accompanying singers and having a very sympathetic way of getting into the drama of the story. Mm. And um, I'll be presumably meeting very advanced students who won't have had that sort of operatic training. So within the 30 or so numbers that I have to get through, and every single one has a very clear and specific mood, often changing moods, because... We're in the world of dark capo areas, where a B section often has a different informa- bit of information that, when we go back to the A section, has to influence that. So it's, it's down to me to make sure that I can enthuse and, and um, get the orchestra immediately to show and demonstrate all these colours to support all this detailed work that we're doing with the singers here in the in the studio, because obviously. It's a very limited time from moving from a studio onto stage with a piano to bringing in the orchestra and getting the singers and the orchestra together in a very short period of time. So, Stephen's got all this lovely time to, to work on the production. And then, that time where we have to marry together the orchestra and the singers and the staging, it's a very short knit time. And it's, it's obviously down to me to make sure that everything's yes. prepared and ready for that moment. So,
3: yeah.
0: Well, we're really looking forward to the production. Thank you all very much. Robert Howe, Pleasure. Stephen Medcalf, Clive Tims. Thank you. Thanks. Almeida's *Spin Alba opens on November the 4th in the Silk Street Theatre. We are also holding a study day on the piece and its performance practices and context, which will be on Sunday, October the 24th. We look forward to seeing everyone.